How we doing it? DJ on the beat, so it's a bang. Let's get straight to it. Let's huh? Tryna talk, let's do it. Let's nigga play crazy in this bitch we shoot. We shoot. The boss be sick, they lose. All these guns we got, we use. We he got caught, that boy was snooze. He's gun got dirty, hurry up, get a new one. Nigga, you don't wanna get it to it. Let's get straight to it. Ain't tryna talk, let's do it. Nigga play crazy in this bitch we shoot. The boss be sick, they lose. All these guns we got, we use. He got caught, that boy was snooze. He's gun got dirty, hurry up, get a new one. Nigga, you don't wanna get it to it. Shorty, I was popping out early, I was outside sliding with the Glock 9 Catch him on the school, it's the right time Nigga, don't fuck your move, better pipe down Pop me a pill, then I bite down Six double O, real shit, free bite down Catch a nigga lagging, then we shooting on sight now He got caught, now he can't get right now If they come outside and try to post up, then we gon' spin they shit He gon' hit they block with a whole hundred shots, no matter how deep they hit I shoot niggas, don't shoot no kids He cheating, this game free Something wrong, that boy can't miss Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. Let's get it. It is the Kid XAB, and I am here solo dolo today. So uh, y'all going to have to deal with it, man. You're going to get all my opinions uninterrupted, unadulterated, and it's just... XAB on the mic today. All right. So, we're going to start off, of course, with the all man moment. Let me pull that up for us real quick. Let me get that. Oh, oh man. Uh huh. Damn. Thank you, Rennie. Oh, you know, this clip oh, never gets old. So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of meeting the better version of yourself or at least being privy to the better version of yourself. Now, I have, and this is a very interesting experience. So, homegirl of mine is is dating this guy. And before she started dating uh, homeboy, we used to go out, we used to hang out, I used to take her places, uh, things like that, right? So, one time we were talking and she was like, yo, I've never been to a steakhouse before. And I was like, I bet I'm going to take you to a dope-ass steakhouse. Took her to one of the best steakhouses in the city, right? And then about two weeks later, she hit me up and she was like, yo, X, 
I'm not even going to hold you. But I just went out to a steakhouse that was better than the one that you took me to. And I didn't think I'd be able to say that, but I'm able to say that. I said, oh, okay. (laughs) Well, damn. Okay. So then she proceeds to tell me about the dude that she's dating, she's talking to. um, And then she's like, yeah, he's a Libra. He's a Libra like me? Yeah, he's a Libra. So after she's like telling me more and like I'm seeing her post him on her story and whatnot, I'm like, yo, (laughs) this nigga is XAB 2.0. I can't fuck with this nigga in no way, (laughs) shape or form. Now, what I mean is us 90s babies, 90s and 80s babies, those who grew up in the 90s era that got to see those type of cartoons, Think about the times when, like, Superman would bump into Bizarro in the beginning, though, like, when niggas didn't know Bizarro was Bizarro and, like, Bizarro's out there busting his ass. Or when the, the main character runs into a version of himself and that, that person is just suave, cooler, better. That's the type of shit that I'm talking about. It's like when Stefan met Steve Urkel. That type of shit. Now, I'm not saying I'm Steve. Don't, don't ever get it twisted. All I'm saying, though, is... Like, my man seems to have his life well put together. And I'm, like, on, on another notch trying to get there. But it's a beautiful thing. Um, I love love, love black love. And they seem to be getting along wonderfully. So it is an amazing thing. But I was like, damn, this nigga Libra like me. This nigga kind of wear the same type of clothes I wear. Like, right, I see what you're doing there. But shout-outs to them um, if they listen to this episode. Um, and we just gonna get straight into the shits for this week. So let me pull up the list. So we saw a meme last week, but me and Distinguished didn't get to it. And actually it was a video and it was a video highlighting something called metadates. Now I'm gonna see if I could pull up the video for us, um, so that I could put it into context for everybody. Cause, um, this is a real interesting concept. I don't know where we going as a society. I don't know where we going as a country. There's a lot of just different shit going on at one time. And the way things are, they can go left, right, or center. Like there's just so many different ways that we can land out of our current predicament. And it's really kind of hard to call it. It's kind of hard to call which way we're going to go. Are we going to start being more completely digital Like, are we going to be on some next level form of digital space where we spoke about it before, but we living in like 10 by 10 spaces just hooked up to a bed and a virtual fucking headset on us? Are we going to be war torn, whether it's civil or abroad? Because we almost, a lot of people felt like we were heading to civil war during uh, the pandemic. We just can't agree on anything as a country. Um, and then we got this situation with Ukraine that is real, real close to getting NATO involved and in a way where Russia feels like it may have to retaliate. So we don't, we don't, we just can't call it. It's kind of hard to call it right now. But what we will talk about is uh, this concept of a metadata. So, uh, let me play the clip. Is on a metadata. Do you mean the Galapagos Islands? <laughs> 
So Mans is wearing a headphone. No, I just I like Wikipedia. This has been so fun. I just feel like I haven't had a night out in a long time. (laughs) So is this halfway? You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. My roommate is on a. Okay, so Mans is sitting here with a headset on. Apparently, his date is in wherever his date is, and uh, yeah. That's what we doing in 2022. So, I mean, the question really is, are you going on a meta date? Are y'all doing meta dates in 2022? Would you prefer, instead of meeting up with somebody at a bar um, or meeting somebody at a restaurant or taking somebody out to a restaurant or, or outing or what have you, would you prefer to sit at home put on a headset and meet somebody virtually somewhere. Now, before everybody, I know I, I can hear the giggles. I can hear them before everybody shuts that idea down. Think about it in terms of maybe what this means for safety in the future. Cause we are getting to a space where it seems like it's hard to trust. You know, people are going on these, these uh dating apps and then meeting people and then things are happening to them when they meet these folks so is there a potential here for you to hear me out hear me out meet up with somebody in the meta space get to see them because it doesn't have to be an avatar that could get suspect like me and avatars i don't know but let's say you meeting up in in a virtual space right you looking at somebody eye to eye, you talk to them, you get a feel of who they are, their personality, before you go on your first date. It's like a pre-date. Does that change the game? Is that something people are interested in doing? I'm going to tell you, me personally, I'm still old school. I much prefer to meet people in real life, um, go on a few dates with them, and then start to make a decision as to where this is going. I'm not totally into, I never was about dating apps. Um, never really got into that. Some people are really into it. I never got to that space. Um, and so this still feels foreign to me, the idea of putting on a headset to meet somebody as opposed to, yo, let's just meet up. But in having an open mind, you know, a nigga trying to have an open mind, a nigga trying to keep up with this, Gen Z shit, all right? We're trying to keep an open mind. I feel like there could be some merit to maybe a pre-date of this type of, of this nature, right? This type, this form, where you maybe feel a little bit safer interacting. Because the thing about dating apps, what separates this from a dating app is, again, people are just texting on these dating apps, and then maybe you can call somebody, and then you can FaceTime them. But... Maybe in the meta space, you can actually do certain activities. You can actually go to places and see how they interact with other objects and maybe other people in the meta space. And it could give you a more informed uh, concept of who this individual is, as opposed to them texting whatever um, and them FaceTiming and 
that being just like a you and them type of scenario, which granted, you can get very creative with FaceTime and stuff like that in different ways. You know what I mean, you keep PG-13 or you keep it XXX, whatever route you want to go, you can do that with FaceTime nowadays. So I don't really know if we really need the Metaspace to, to do it, but it's an interesting concept. I think maybe we can explore more um, in the future. So I would love for y'all to let me know if your asses is going on some metadates. Hit us up. Our DMs be open. Which leads me to not DMs being open, but this meta space leads me to Meg the Stallion, who is about to go on a virtual world tour, which I think is one of the most fire concepts I've heard of in a long time. So based off of what I've seen, She's going to be doing a lot of shows in like theaters, as well as I believe you can join her virtually. I don't know if it's through the Oculus or if it's through something else, but um, you'll be able to watch the show virtually. And that to me can mean a whole bunch of things. Imagine seeing Meg Thee Stallion in 4D, right? You go to the movie theaters, the screen is up, IMAX. Maybe they give you some 3D glasses. Maybe they don't. But in that, you're sitting in a chair where when she does certain things, you might be able to feel the flames or you might be able to feel the water. The chair might move. I think that's kind of dope. And no artist has done that before, which is one of the reasons why Meg is, in my opinion, a dope artist, a premier artist, why she has the potential to be one of the best because her and her team, outside of the box with some things like they know how to keep the conversation around her just like the baby which we're not really talking about today i'm not talking about today it's only me here i keep talking like there's another nigga here there's nobody else here but i'm not talking about the baby today um i'm all babied out maybe next week we get into his his interview with Charlemagne in the breakfast club um but she's a premier artist for moves like this, I think this is a dope move. I think that this uh, could potentially be really, really cool. And I would love to see what it is that they come up with. What is the the main theme? Like, how does it operate? What do we really mean by virtual? Like, there's just a lot of possibilities here um, with a virtual tour. And not for nothing... I see a lot of other artists following in this in this trend in this footstep. As long as the metaverse continues to be something that's trending and popping, and as long as there is something that you can do in the metaverse or the meta tour, virtual tour, that separates it from a live show and separates it from watching it on TV. Because this could also be an epic fail in the sense of, it just being something that could be thrown on TV. Niggas could go to YouTube and, and have the same experience. If it's that, then they missed the mark here. But if it's what they're claiming it to be, where it's like a virtual experience, where there are things that you ain't never seen before, this has the potential to really knock down some doors. Um, But, I mean, there's two things. With outside being open, can... A virtual tour really fuck with 
an in-person real-life tour? These are some of the questions that I feel like we're going to see answered. Because outside is open now. Now, I don't know if y'all know this. Outside is open. It's March 7th, so that means that New York has gotten rid of its mask mandates and its vaccination mandates for entertainment centers uh, and a lot of other places. So we back. Niggas is outside. And with that being said, does all this virtual shit even matter anymore? Is niggas still going to be Zooming? Of course these niggas are still going to be Zooming because that's one thing that supervisors and organizations realize that they're definitely not getting rid of. Oh, we can still have 15 meetings. We can now have 15 meetings in one day instead of it just being like, yo, we send you to this conference. No, you can have an hour meeting here and an hour meeting there and an hour meeting here. Oh, we keeping that shit. But working from home? Nah, let's get Biden to tell them to get the fuck out of here with that. But we'll talk about Biden and his ass saying he don't want us working from home anymore. I don't know what's up with that shit, but that ain't it, Biden. Uh, But back to this virtual tour thing. Um, With outside being open, I don't know what the possibilities are. I don't know if this is going to hit as hard as it could. But again, it has to really stand out from what has already existed. And it really can't feel like some shit you could pull up on YouTube. Naturally, though... It's always a conflict with Meg, man. Always a space of I don't know when it comes to Meg. You see, contrary to what some people believe, we had some uh, fans of the show say that we were too hard on Meg in previous episodes long time ago during the pandemic. But it's not that. It's really not that. We really want to see Meg win. I don't know if anybody knows that, but we really are on Meg's side. We've been on Meg's side since she's come out. The problem seems to be that Meg has hit a a wall within her craft. You see, her team got her doing out-of-the-box different shit. But within the craft of rapping, Meg has hit a wall. And so there has been chatter for a while outside of dad's bow ties, I may add. It's been all over the Internet and it's been pretty consistent now that Meg's fans want to see her do something different. That's it. Meg's fans would like to see Meg talk about some different shit. Okay. Meg been talking about ass, titties, and vagina since 1972. Since 1972. And her fans know how talented she is and have expressed that they want to see something different. And Meg's response to that was that men should not be the only ones that should be able to talk about sex. Now, yes, Meg is correct. She's correct. Men should not have a monopoly over sexual 
sexually explicit lyrics, sexually explicit content, all that. The problem with porn now, the problem with porn now is that niggas have been involved. So now when they depict sex, it is someone trying to ram somebody's fucking head through a window. Okay. That is the problem with porn now. Too male dominated, too aggressive. That sex don't be looking like sex sometimes. It be looking like a WWE match. However, Meg, please do not deflect from the point that is being made. It has nothing to do with the fact that people don't like your sexual content and people don't think that you're entitled to your sexual content. But literally, every one of Meg's biggest hits is about vagina and dick. And although that is cool, okay, great. We didn't seen your freestyles. I'm going to just get straight to it. We didn't seen your freestyles, Meg. We seen your freestyle. And so we know the talent that you possess. And fuck all that. Let's get really into it. We know what it takes for Meg the Stallion to go to the next level. I'm going to tell you this right now, Meg. If you ever come across this clip, who knows? Or this, or this episode. Talking about sex titties, ass, and dick, and clitoris, and vulva, and all that extra shit can only take you so far. That's just the reality. Ain't no hate. Ain't nothing else. Look at every other female rapper that has made it big. Hell, you can even go to pop stars. You could go to Rihanna because Rihanna had her moment in time. Rated R, that album was a wild album. Rihanna had her moment in time. Cake, that was a wild song. And so no one's saying that you got to get rid of the sexual content. But you have the ability and you will need to expand upon that. That's all niggas is saying. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nobody trying to hate on you. Ain't nobody trying to say that this is who you are and you are trash. Nah, I think anybody with eyes and ears understands that Meg Thee Stallion is a problem. Meg can rap. Not only can Meg rap, Meg can make songs. But the content at some point will have to change. It's just that real. And that is just a fact. But beyond that, this is where things get a little tricky and they start to feel fabricated. There's been a couple of moments recently where things have come up. And men are becoming the scapegoat. I know niggas ain't popular right now. 
I get it. Black men, we trash. Everywhere we go, that's, that's, that's what we hear. We trash. So I hope some of us are getting it <laughs> and understand it. We trash. But nonetheless, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't use this as a scapegoat. Like, men don't got nothing to do with this conversation. <laughs> Stop invoking men as a, as a means to get around the real root of the issue, which is you got to start to embrace some other shit if you want to go to the next level. And everybody knows it, your fans included, because your fans and a large portion of them being women are the ones saying, hey, Meg, we love to hear about your ass and how well your man can fuck you. And if he fucks you, then that means he also got to buy you some shit. Like, we love it. City girls up. 20 points. City girls up. About to be a crazy summer. City girls definitely about to be up. But city girls up. However, there's got to be more. Because we want to see you get to that next level. We want to see you being spoken about like Nikki and Cardi, Lauren, as one of those talents that come around only once in a lifetime, super talented, has a lock on the game for several years, and no one can fuck with. If this is all you have in the tank, and I say this with all love, will be here today and gone tomorrow and I don't think anybody here believes that that is the case for Meg Thee Stallion and I don't think anybody wants that for Meg Thee Stallion but the content has got to be a difference now I want to talk about somebody who is trying to ensure that they will not be here today and gone tomorrow and that is Miss Chloe Bailey. Let's let's listen to some vocals that she dropped off uh, not too long ago, very recently, matter of fact. That's one of our more powerful blacks. So apparently this is a snippet from a song that uh, Chloe is is working on. We're not going to stay here too long, ladies and gentlemen. We're really not. Chloe's next up. I don't I don't know who's still trying to uh, combat that. Chloe is next up. I know some of y'all was mad at her not too long ago because you feel like, you know what I mean, she's. She's another one that's hypersexualizing herself. I think the difference is Chloe has range. If we're talking about like why there's a quote unquote issue with Meg, Meg the Stallion, because there's no issue. It's just, again, we, we see where Meg wants to go and where she can go and what it's going to take to get there. And so when you 
don't grow or you don't add anything to your repertoire, you run the risk of of staying where you're at. And when your fans are telling you like, hey, can we see a little bit more and something different? That's where you kind of you're really running into a rut. But Chloe has range. Chloe has been doing the sexy route, but she's also been doing the glamorous route with, you know, the avant-garde type of attire. Um, She's been doing the classy route. She's just been doing range. She's finding out the different things that work for her just like her mentor did. And we keep pointing this out. But every day we see more and more that this young woman is taking straight from the playbook of the Queen Bee, Beyonce. So if you love Beyonce, you can't be mad at this young lady. And that's her mentor, so you can't even say she's just trying to be another Beyonce. No, her mentor is Beyonce. And she's doing the playbook damn well. I personally am extremely excited to see where this young lady goes. Honestly. Um, she, she just seems to be on the right track of stardom. Now, she does need one thing. And that is a solid single. I think the project, I'm not even concerned about the project. Project is going to be fire. And Have Mercy was cool, but I'm talking about a single that is transitional. She needs one of those. I haven't heard one of those from her yet. But I think she's well on her way. And if she got a team around her like her sister did for whatever song Haley was working on, it's coming. You got to worry about it. It's coming. So we started off the episode. I started off the episode with King Vaughn. Um, rest in peace to that young man. Uh, a new album from him dropped this week. Well, Friday. Um, and I got to say, man, they did a great job. They did a great job. As an album that came after death, I think they did an amazing job. It sounds like King Von. It sounds like the project that came before. Um, and the songs, I can see I can see his growth. I can see that the industry was starting to embrace him a lot more. And his music was starting to become a little bit more, again, versatile, which is, we're just going to keep talking about versatility, I guess, this episode. But he started to become a little bit more versatile in delivery, in concepts. Although, again, if we're going to be fair, you know what I mean? Talking about killing niggas on every rack, on every record. Not really my cup of tea. I still like the project. But, I mean, this has this sentiment has been said, and I'm just going to echo it. It's hard to listen to sometimes just knowing the fate of that young man and how things could be so different. You know, it actually hurt because I never knew what was the beef between him and and Quando Rondo. And to read that part of this is just over what could have been a misunderstanding and or uh, something regarding NBA young boys 
girl at the time or ex-girl or whatever the case was. And Quando Rondo and King Von was actually friends at some point. And it just so happened to be that Quando saw King Von with young boy's ex or something along those lines and turned into what it turned into now is just heartbreaking that this is what this is what this this beef is is about and getting worse and you see little dirk and nba young boy going at it um on on wax i don't know man as long as it's on wax i guess it's cool but we know that in today's day and age it don't stay on wax and unfortunately we're also in an era where It'll happen in the street, and then these niggas will put it on wax. Hip-hop culture has to change. It has to. Hip-hop culture has to evolve. We have to stop glorifying this, this craziness. Like, we have to stop glorifying the death of black and brown bodies as if that is something to be celebrated. And I know it sounds hypocritical as I'm saying, like, yo, I like the album. But what I'm talking about with albums and when when you're talking about albums and music, you're talking about rhythms and patterns and things that are created in a way that are going to make you like them besides the message. And when you take a look at the message and how it permeates throughout the culture of hip-hop, that's where it gets to the point where it's like we need to change it. It needs to evolve. It needs to become something different. We can't stay here. What is the next step for hip-hop? What is the evolution? What does it look like? Because if it's going to just be murder, death, and killing, Right, which has always been an element we've spoken about this before. But the difference was it wasn't really a celebration of death. Like it wasn't like, yeah, these guys are going on wax now and they are saying people's names and celebrating the death. They smoking on people. Like it's it's a little bit different for me. Because there were beef and there were records and they were going at it. But when beef came, it was nothing to be celebrated. Everybody knew what time it was. They weren't in these streets like trying to get bodies. It was like, I'm going to have to get a body because like you up and I'm up with arms. So what's up? But these cats is like, like getting a body is a badge of honor. Like, taking life is a badge of honor. And we have to get out of this this ideology with hip-hop. We can't stay here. We can't sustain it. And we're going to see a lot of, a lot more young people pass if we don't do something about it as a culture. Because only the culture can fix the culture. Nobody outside the culture can fix it. So police ain't going to be able to fix it. Politicians ain't going to be able to, to fix it. I know, Eric Adams, you tried, but it ain't going to come from you, dog. It's going to have to come from the culture. What is going to be the new cool? What is going to be the new thing that 
young people are going to aspire to want to do. Because right now the music is telling them that that's killing. And that ain't it. So last week uh, was the series finale of Genius, which is the documentary featuring Kanye West. Three-part series. If you haven't checked it out, highly recommend you do. Uh, Distinguish and I talked about part one and part two last week. And they they finalized everything and wrapped it all up with part three. Man, oh, man, there's a lot to take from part three. So the first thing that I took when I watched it um, was it just didn't sit right in my soul when Cootie was talking about how, like, once Kanye got into the industry, he stopped kind of fucking with him. Like, he wasn't calling on Cootie as much to do things. And that kind of bothered me. I'm not even going to hold you. I don't know none of these niggas. (laughs) But it bothered me because I could just see that that is, like, a common thing that can happen. It happens pretty often where your day ones that held you down when you were in the trenches, like, you was probably sharing a burger at some point because both of y'all was starving and was just trying to make it type shit. Like, your day one, you can leave that nigga once some some fame hits you. And maybe it was pressure from the label. Like, yo, you got to use these type of niggas now. Like, maybe it was a conscious decision or maybe it was just, the way life works, because this happens often. We don't even have to just talk about famous niggas. This happens in everyday life. Like, sometimes life hits you, and the people that you were close with within a season, you're not close with them anymore. And that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. However, it just, I'm not even going to hold you. It it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, because I'm like, damn, son. Like, how are we going to have man's be there right up until the pinnacle where you get signed to the rock and you with Jay and you all you there with all of them. He he you call him the reshoot Jesus walks after he like kind of makes a big stink that yo, I'm gonna go shoot it with somebody else. And then you go and you reshoot it with him. Right. And you there and then y'all separate. But naturally we all know. That some big changes happened in Kanye's life as his mother transitioned, R.I.P. to Donda West. Um, and we know that that did something to him. We know that he wasn't the same person. And that's what Cootie was kind of saying was like, Kanye was no longer Kanye at some point, which I don't think any of us really could be. And if, you haven't had a close relationship with a parent like that, then you may not like feel that way. You may not understand where Kanye was coming from. Like some of us have good relationships with our parents. Some of us have terrible relationships with our parents, but then some of us have 
great relationships with our parents, where our parents are our best friends. And that was Kanye. His mom became his manager because he wanted her close. His mom was his best friend. His mom was a confidant. And his mom was still his mom. So his mom was still able to put that foot in his ass when she needed to. That wasn't shown in the documentary as much. But you could tell. You could tell that when he was kind of going a little too left, she knew how to stare him correctly. You see, sometimes there's people in your life and they're the only ones that can correct you. Sometimes there's people in your life that you just won't pay attention to them. And they might be telling you the same thing that someone else is telling you. But you're just not receiving it the same way. But there are some people in your life that when they speak, you listen. And I feel like Donda was that for Kanye. No matter how far left he was going to go, if his mom said, all right now, bring it back, he was going to bring it back. And when that element is gone, that's no longer there with you, and it's just you making those decisions and attempting to be like, would my parent be okay with this or would they encourage this or not? Or just the fact that sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind, right? Maybe you're not even thinking about that at those moments in time. It's an unfortunate thing. And unfortunately, what also was highlighted during the third episode um, and I hope I'm not giving nothing away. I think I'm I'm kind of, I'm not giving away the, you got, you still have to watch it. Like, there's nothing here that will change the, the watching experience. But um, the other thing that, that really was highlighted was the, the mental illness. You know, a lot of people kind of still even fight us till today regarding if Kanye is dealing with mental illness. I'll never forget Joe Rogan had an episode with Kanye. Um, and I think it might have been after the episode. might have been like an episode after where he was talking to somebody else. But I think also during the episode, he was like, yeah, Kanye, you don't have a, a mental illness. Like, like, and who are these people to say that you have a mental illness? And it's like, uh, nah, that brother has a mental illness. <laughs> And we can't keep, like, placating to people when they need help. Like, we can't. And that becomes, like, the weird balance that we're trying to figure out and navigate through all of society at this moment. How much of it do we say is sensitivity and or difference and or something that we just need to accept and figure out how to work with versus this person needs our help? And if we ignore it, if we normalize it, if we act like it doesn't exist, or if it's we act like it's not that serious, are we doing more of a disservice than we are doing a service to that individual? And that always is the question that's gotten, in my opinion, because we've always been in this, well, not always, but more recently, we've been in this space where it's like, What is just the acceptance of the fact that people are different? There's a variety of different types of people that exist in the world. Different mindsets, 
different ideologies, different ways to think. And we need to respect that. No one should be persecuted for their thoughts, their chosen lifestyle, their unchosen lifestyle, or anything in between. However, not everything is something to just look at and say, well, that's how they want to do it. Some things are cries for help. Some things are detrimental. And some things need intervention. And because I think Kanye didn't have anybody around him to intervene, we see a spiral. So much so that now we're in this space where I don't know how to call it with Kanye. We've been saying on this show for a long period of time that the behavior that he's exhibiting is nasty and disgusting. And a lot of people are trying to justify it. There was a, a popular meme going around saying, oh, I must be crazy, too, because I don't see what Kanye West is doing. That's wrong. But I think. And Distinguished said that they was killing D.L. Hughley in the comments, but I think D.L. got it right on the head. He hit the ham on the head. When he said this. Come on. It's never been fun. That's not from her house. Listen. I don't. I think that I've watched too many times where things like that happen and a woman that's one of our more powerful blacks and then things escalate yeah he is stalking her you can think it's cute if it was my daughter i'd do something about it i don't Mm. think it's funny i think that you can't write a beat so good that you get to do these things and society laughs it off because they say well she showed her ass all the time and he's this and he's that that." at a certain point she's with a dip though it is not unusual for men like that the only the difference between him and the restraining order is about 20 hits and a couple of hundred million dollars. DL hit it on the head. I don't think that this behavior is something to champion. I don't think that this behavior is something to normalize or act like, yo, you know, he's just trying to get his family back. I think it's beyond that. And I think that when we don't, again, check people, because of who they are or whatever status we believe that they have in society. The fact that you're a billionaire doesn't mean that you get to buy a house in a taunting way. And you can't really tell me it's not, but buy a house in a taunting way across the street from your ex-wife. That is very clear that she wants a divorce and she's trying to get away from you. It doesn't give you a pass to keep coming around with, I don't know, Kim lookalikes and flaunt them around as if they're trophy pieces to try and draw in Kim's attention. Like, I don't, any woman that's dating Kanye right now has to know. So I'm not going to feel bad. I really don't feel that bad for Julia Fox. Sorry. Um, but I'm not going to feel bad for you because you have to know that the only reason this man is is dating you and showing you off is because he's still trying to get a reaction out of Kim. You have to know that. And if you don't, I, 
I don't know what to tell you. And the reason why I don't feel bad is because if you know that, which 90%, there's a 90% chance that you do, if you know that, then you're with the shits. And you're looking at this as a come up. Oh, I get to be next to Kanye West. Nobody knows who I am. And now this is a chance for everybody to know who I am. We know the game. Like, we know the game. So if you willing to play it, I don't really got no sympathy for you. Because we all know how this shit going to end. Not not with y'all together. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Everybody who's willing to play that dangerous game with uh, him at this moment in time, I don't, I don't know what to tell you other than good luck, uh, more power to you, and I hope that that man get some help. That's where I'm at with it at this point. I hope he gets some help. Because it's 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 out of control. Out of control. Niggas out of control. But again, more power to all people involved and invested. Um a show that everybody seems to be invested in recently is Abbott's Elementary. And there's a heartfelt clip of Childish Gambino um, speaking with, I can't remember the young lady's name. I'm going to pull it up in a second. Um, but they're speaking about the show. And I just think it's an amazing piece. And shout out to Abbott's Elementary, like, we're finally getting to a space where on television and it's mentioned in this clip that Insecure and a couple of other elements, Atlanta, um, Community, I think there were a bunch of different shows that contribute to it. But we're getting into a space where blackness is not sensationalized. Sensationalized blackness is a thing of the past on TV. And we're starting to see black people live regular black lives where they don't got to be in some extreme trauma that the world has never seen or they have to be in some extravagant form of money or sexualization. But black people just being black people in everyday scenarios and it being recognized as good top tier motherfucking television because we don't have to go above and beyond to tell our stories in terms of we don't have to be the super caricatures of who we are in order for our lives to be something that someone else can relate to Abbott Elementary is a funny ass show with dry humor about teachers and principals and people of color in a school. All different types of people of color. And that needs to be highlighted more. And so, shout-outs to them, and I'm going to play the clip from uh, Childish Gambino. Good. I mean, like, that's the thing. I was like, her, her show is, like... With Quinta I, Brunson. Speaking on Petty, like, when I watched <laughs> that show, I was, like, so jealous. Donald, no! I was, I was like... I'm jealous but, of you every day. But that's what I'm saying, in a like good way. That's how way. I knew it was good. Anytime yeah. I'm, like... I sometimes I watch something that's, like, I I good, but I'm, like... 
Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. That's not. I'm like yeah. watching. I'm like I was so I was so jealous because I was like, this is a good show, and this is and it's hard to do that on network television. Very hard. Awesome. That's what I'm saying. That's hard to do. Doing it on a big stage like that and not pulling punches and understanding yourself enough to get it through. Mm -hmm. That's really hard. It is yeah. hard. Yeah, I mean, they just echoed the sentiments that I've been saying. I, I think that highlighting highlighting blackness uh, in a normalized way where it isn't the sensationalized thing of, like, again, extreme money or extreme menace to society. No, no shade to any of those. Obviously, those are, are cult classics, but... We don't have to sensationalize blackness anymore. We can just be black, be living, and it be seen as relatable entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to talk to Lizzo for just one second. Lizzo, baby girl, the people that matter do not care that you are a big girl. Let me say that one more time for you, Lizzo. The people that matter do not care that you are a big girl. Now, I know this is easier, easily said than done, but you're going to have to pick. Okay? Follow me. You're going to have to pick which side of the fence you want to be on because we're tired okay we are tired of hearing you bring up your bigness when nobody else in the room is bringing it up now again i'm not talking about the goofy ass trolls that be on the internet we got to get out of this idea that if one person or if a bunch of people that are trolls say it then it needs to be acknowledged. We start with, we're in a, a space now where we kind of know what trolls are and when niggas is going troll and when they not. And so the people that matter should be at the forefront. Now, for those who might be a little lost as to what the fuck I am talking about, Lizzo came out the other day and made a statement that said that she is a body icon like kim kardashian and that she knows that she is a fat girl something along those lines but she brought up that she's fat and i need lizzo to understand the people that matter the men that be sucking on your motherfucking toes and areola okay the fans that love you the family that loves you the people that love you they are not concerned about how big you are. And so you don't have to preface things with the fact that you're big. If you want to be a body icon, be a motherfucking body icon. Okay? If you want to be a big girl body icon, be a big girl body icon. But... Unfortunately, what I feel like we're seeing is insecurity on display every time there is a chance to display it. And that's why I say you're going to have to pick. 
either you are a big girl body icon that is more than comfortable with her skin and who she is, or you're somebody that wants to change the space that they're in, whether that means that they're going to slim down or there's some other aspect of their body that they would like to see changed. But it's one or the other. And I understand you might be in a space where it's both. And that's okay. However, the way it's displayed constantly is, I think, becoming something that we need to talk about. We need to find the the balance. Which way do you want to go so that we can help you get there? Because if it's the big girl body advocate, then let's do it. But if it's the I'm not comfortable where I am and I want to change it, then let's do it too. But it just seems like what continues to happen is you bringing your body into the limelight and making it a conversation. And then that negatively impacts you. And that's where I have an issue. Because I want to see baby girl Lizzo be healthy and happy. And if that means staying the size that she is, then by all means stay the size that you are, baby girl. But if that means that you want to change where you're at, then let's let's do it. But you are the one who is going to dictate that. As your fans, as the people who love you, as the people in your life, we have to follow your lead. And so I just want Lizzo to find what that is going to be. And that's not an easy thing. And I'm not saying that she's at fault or anything of that nature. Please hear my words and don't come up with your own shit because we in the generation of coming up with your own shit. I just want Lizzo to choose. So that we know how to support. That's what I got for Lizzo. I Am Legend 2 seems to be in the works. We got Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan that are going to be playing the roles in the movie or are said to be the leads in the movie. I'm here for it. I Am Legend was great. It was amazing. I don't know. Maybe I need to watch the two endings again. But if I'm not mistaken, I don't know how Will Smith made it. Because I could have swore in both endings the nigga died. Maybe I'm bugging out. Tell me in the comments. But I am interested to see how Michael B. Jordan uh, fits into this. And if he does a damn good job, which I have a, a, a feeling he will. He's elevating. I mean, he got Black Panther under his belt, so he's already in another stratosphere, but he's going to continue to elevate. And Michael B. Jordan is definitely the next. uh, I don't want to be cliche and say the next Denzel, but he's the next whatever it is that means he's the, the GOAT. He's the top. He's heading to that space. Regardless of if you enjoy his acting or not, this is where his career is propelling. So, 
For y'all who hating on them, get ready. It is what it is, and it ain't changing. And for y'all who are here for it, Michael B. Jordan is here to stay, y'all. He ain't going nowhere. Now, I want to talk about something that I don't don't know if all y'all heard this or not. So let me put y'all on the game. Let me put y'all on the game real quick. Because this shit, this shit might be song of the year. I ain't gonna hold y'all. This shit right here. This shit right here. Pull this up real quick. Here we go. Y'all listen and enjoyment. No gap. Don't leave for the back door in a black van. All see me in the Maybach. Uh-huh. Lay back with a tick-tick getting break back. Mm-hmm. All see me ass catty in a bouquet. You might see me with savvy in a magic. You got a big body. Too flashy. Too flashy. Ride more backseat than a black cabbie. Might see me in a black Audi. Just lie me. Yeah. With my gang full rowdy. Beggars give me space. Please don't cry. Oh, shit, Turn the dip, funny, Tits up real loudly. Yeah. Idris Alba is out here delivering slaps, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what to tell y'all. I thought the nigga was just a rapper. Clearly the nigga, is, I mean, I thought he was just an actor. See how that shit went. I thought he was just an actor. This nigga is convincing me that he is a rapper. Okay? This nigga out here delivering slaps. I don't know how y'all feel about the track. Hit us up in the motherfucking comments. Let us know. But uh, that shit sound that shit sound crispy to me. That shit sound real crispy. Now I came across this uh meme the other day, and it's been popular and it's been shared a lot. Um, I'm gonna go straight to the meme first. I was just gonna read it off, but I think I'm gonna go to the meme so I could read it verbatim. Um, cause I just saw it not too, too long ago, but, um, okay. Let me get, let me, let's get straight to it. I mean, here we go. It says <clears throat> when a nigga say they favorite rapper is J Cole, that's when I know they are not my type ladies. What the fuck does that even mean? I need y'all to let me know. What does that mean if a nigga is a J. Cole fan or if J. Cole is his favorite rapper that he is not your type? Because I'm going to let you know what I think it means. And I could be totally off, but my perception of J. Cole and J. Cole fans, I wouldn't necessarily say that J. Cole is one of my, uh, or, or is my favorite rapper, but he's definitely one of my favorite rappers. And... That's because he's articulate. He knows how to break down the social constructs of what's happening now. He is a self-reflective individual. And his music is actually designed, I feel like, to try and make change and push culture forward. Those are always the elements that I think make up a good rapper. And I think J. Cole does that at a high level. So when you say that, when a dude tells you that that's his favorite rapper and you're like, damn, that nigga ain't my type. What the fuck are you saying? Are you saying that you like drug dealers? You want the 50 cent type? You want the 
the King Bond, the fucking Lil Dirk. Like, what you want? What are you saying? I need help. Help me. Because I don't understand. I have no clue what the fuck you mean by that. Now, I did read the comment section, which got a little crazy because some people like, yeah, the self-entitled, uh, fake woke, da-da-da-da type. Now, are we saying that based off of the incident that J. Cole had with Miss No Name over the pandemic? Or is this what y'all really get from his music? Because I don't get that. Or I could be totally wrong. So let me backtrack. Let me not, you know what I mean, make assumptions. Are we saying this based off of what his fandom looks like? Because I will say this. I'll give y'all this. Certain artists I do feel can bring out a certain type of fandom even if the fandom isn't a reflection of the artist, if that makes sense. So, for instance, an artist that definitely has a unique fandom is Kanye West. Kanye has a unique-ass fandom. I told y'all this last week. Niggas is painting their nails. Niggas is putting contacts in their eyes. They putting dye in their hair. I don't know if that 100% reflects Kanye, but it does. It does as of recent movements. But these are also the niggas that think they're free thinkers, will say some wild ass theory and try and back it up with some other wild ass shit. Like, I get it. Like, when a girl tells me she's a Kanye West fan, I kind of have to give a little side and wonder what, what she mean by that. What did I step into? So I get it. I understand. Another one, we all know Drake. Drake's fan base is known to be either niggas that are lover boys, niggas that think they are lover boys, niggas that are smooth, niggas that think they are smooth, or niggas that are whiny. Just going to throw it all in the pot. Sorry. Might be one of them niggas. So we all know that that is the perception of Drake fans, and that's been the perception since Drake's been out, is, oh, that's the type of nigga that listens to Drake. Niggas that think they get girls, niggas that actually get girls, uh, or niggas that are just re- really, really sensitive, and everything bothers them. Cool. Got it. Um, Another unique fandom. Well, let's do a counter. Someone that is not a unique fandom, right? Like Beyonce. Beyonce fans, they ain't one stripe a Beyonce fan. They they come in all shapes and sizes, mindsets, ages, everything. So, like, that's the difference between, I think, a fandom. I think Jay-Z might fall into that, too. Jay-Z has transcended to a point where there isn't one type of Jay-Z fan. But the people that I mentioned before, and they got one type of fan, like Travis Scott is another one. The the black rockers and the white rockers, people that want to rave and the people that want to just be out in the EDM. Like this is like black EDM for them to some extent. I know the music isn't that, but you know what I'm saying? So 
there are these unique fandoms that exist. And it is interesting to be able to say, damn, you that's your favorite artist. I don't know if I fuck with you. Like if if a shorty come up to me right now and tells me little Uzi Vert is her favorite artist, that's probably not going nowhere. I like Uzi's music. But for that to be your favorite artist, I don't know. I don't know. Okay? I don't. Sorry. Now, Nikki posed a great question, and I did I did expect to have another person as a guest today. But that's not what's happening. And so... I don't know if I should call somebody or not, but fuck it. I think, let me look, let me look at my phone book real quick. Let me see if, uh, if I feel like this is worth calling somebody over. Let me see. I might call one person. I might call one person. Hmm. Nah, fuck it. (laughs) I'm going to just go straight for it. Nicki Minaj put out, and I've been asking this question for a very long time. Why do women fake orgasms? Now, I know for the safety reasons, and things of that nature in terms of some men have very fragile egos. And the moment you tell them that they didn't pleasure you sexually, shit could go left. I understand that. And on the other side of it, why do women fake orgasms? I'm still, I still need more, more clarification on that because as Nikki said, and let me pull up the tweet so I don't sound ignorant. So y'all niggas don't think that I'm just coming up with shit. All right. And I'm not making any type of sense because I think Nikki put it in a very elegant way. I'm going to have her talk about it. Boom. Found it. So a woman wrote, I fake so many orgasms. It's not even funny. So then Nikki wrote under. I have never and will never understand why women do this. How will your partner learn how to make you feel good if you aren't honest with them? A bitch like me used to give a grace period. After that, you getting cussed out every time. They figure it out real quick. Either that or I'm out. That's what I be saying. Here's the thing. And hopefully I'm saving a couple of relationships with this little tidbit of advice. In the beginning, in the beginning, sounds like Genesis, but in the Genesis of your relationship and your sexual experiences, there are going to be things that your partner may like that you may not know. It can go both ways, but I feel like this is even more prevalent when it comes to men pleasing women. There are so many different ways that women can be pleased sexually. 
And it varies, I think, greatly with different types of women. Different sensitivities in different areas. Like, it's just a little bit different, I think, than with men. I've had conversations and, I guess, disagreements or back and forths. But I, I still think there... I don't think there's really a discussion here. Women can be sexually pleased through their nipples in a way that's a little bit different than men uh, and their breasts in a different way. There's multiple parts of the vagina. Need I say more? I just feel like there are just a lot of different things that people may need to learn and explore in order to please their partner. With that being said, that's not an excuse as to why you shouldn't please your partner. You should please your partner. But in the beginning, there could be a grace period, like Nikki said. I 100% agree with her tweet. It makes perfect sense to me, and it still begs the question why people aren't doing this in 2022. A lot of times, we hear about how terrible men are in bed. I have a lot of female friends, and I hear this shit often. Niggas ain't shit in bed. Niggas is trash. Niggas don't know how to fuck. Niggas don't know how to have sex. Ladies, I'm going to put you on to a little secret. Men ain't learning how to fuck from other men. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> now, I already told you porn is trash. Men can only learn how to please a woman from a woman, in my opinion. Now, as niggas, we might sit around and say, what's our favorite little situation, position, whatever the case may be. But there ain't a lot of niggas coaching niggas. Oh, nah, you you need to to do it like this. I don't know what goes on with the ladies. I, I, I haven't been that privy to conversations, but I do feel like women are a little bit more sexually liberated within their conversations with one another about what they do, what they like, and what a nigga is doing. Like, men typically don't get that open with one another. But what's going to change this conversation and make sure that women are pleased, in my opinion, at a much higher rate, is the honesty of letting your man know what you like. Let me reiterate that because some of y'all hear the word honesty and think hurting niggas' feelings is honesty. That ain't it. That's not what I mean by honesty. What I mean by honesty is respectfully letting a man know what it is that you want from them sexually. And so there might be a learning curve. I'm not going to lie. There might be a time where your partner doesn't please you. For a duration of time. And I'm not saying that they need to be taught how to have sex. Right? Like. A friend of mine has often said. There are basic things that you should know. And I think that at some point. Depending on. Your sexual experience. And how open you are with your partner. About your sexual experiences. Then yeah. Like if you out here saying you slaying everything. Then when you go to deal with her, she's probably going to have expectations, right? As opposed to if you saying like, 
not that sexually experienced, which a lot of men are not going to admit to that, right? They, they're not going to say, hey, I haven't had that many partners or, you know, da-da-da-da. Depending on how comfortable they are with you. Nonetheless, the open line of communication and the grace period and telling a man exactly what you want, I think is going to help progress the sexual conversation forward. As opposed to faking an orgasm. That ain't helping nobody. Letting you know that right now. One, if he's experienced nine times out of ten, you didn't hurt his heart and broke his feelings because he knows that you didn't fake the orgasm. Right? He know he ain't do all of that for, for all them noises and screams that he's hearing. Right? And two, I just don't see how you get satisfied if you don't let him know that what he was doing wasn't satisfying and that maybe he needs to do it this way or that way or X, Y, Z. Shout out to the queen for keeping it real. And I love the fact that she said, like, she lets niggas know. So we're going to get to the big one. We here. We're going to get to the big one. This conversation has been hot as fucking fish grease. Taking it back to the olden days uh, and olden sayings. So I'm going to play the clip and we're going to talk about it. She says, I got a good job. I make very, very good money. And she says, the only thing I need now is a man. <laughs> it's like, yo, like, <laughs> it's like, who wants you? Who wants you? you you're right. right. Like, once you have achieved these things, you have unfortunately disqualified yourself. Ooh, and, and, shit. And what it is, is these, because I, and this is the thing, I'm not blaming Ooh, the, the women. women are going to hate him for that shit like, thing. No, no, see, the <laughs> they are going to hate put him for that shit. Shit. I can't wait to put this shit out. Literally, she says, I got a good job. I'm okay. Now, I don't want to make this a thing where it looks like niggas is going after niggas, you know, like brownie points type shit. So I'm going to attempt to break down what I think was attempted to be said. And then we could go into the what the fuck was that? Okay. Okay. So what I think the good brother was attempting to say is that okay let me let me rephrase this is not what he said at all but i think this is where it's coming from or stemming from so a lot of people have reiterated this new ideology or maybe not new but has been becoming more popular as of late that men and women are attracted to two different things within the dating the dating pool and the dating field, which I think there's some merit to it, right? Oftentimes, through societal rearing, nature and nurture, right? This would be nurture. What men are groomed to look for in a significant other oftentimes has nothing to do with assets. Let me say that again. What men are groomed to look for in a partner oftentimes has nothing to do with the assets that they are able to obtain. So 
when a woman comes to you, comes to a man, and says, what's up, baby? You don't want me. I got a master's. I got an S class. I'm making 250. Like, what's up? For a lot of men, that is not something that will draw the man to the woman more. Now, for some men, like me, that's a, a super plus. That's a that's an amazing thing, right? I like my partner to match what I'm doing. So if I got a master's and, my, and I come across somebody that also has a master's, I'm fucking with it. Why? Because then that means that we might have the same mindset on education. And if we want to maybe raise a household of young people where education's at the forefront, in terms of uh, post-secondary schooling, then we both have, we're both prime examples of, yo, we went, we did it, and we got it done. However, right, and this is where the nurture aspect of things comes into play. If I come across a young lady and she doesn't have this, she doesn't have a master's. I'm not going to give a fuck. I don't care. It doesn't matter. If she's not making the same amount of money as me, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And the reason why is because society has groomed men to look for two things primarily when it comes to to dating women. Number one. Does she look good? Keeping it a stack with y'all. Keeping it a buck. One of the primary things. That society grooms young men. From an early age to look for. Is is she pretty to you? Doesn't mean that she ought to be pretty. To the whole wide world. But is she pretty to you? And if she is pretty to the whole wide world. That's more of a plus. That's where this whole idea of a trophy wife comes from. If you could step outside and this beautiful, gorgeous woman is on your arm, then you doing good. You did good. Right? That's primary number one. And number two, what are the nurturing aspects that she brings into your life? Does she cook? Does she clean? Does she look to... Make you feel good after a long day of of work. Is she sexually explicit in how she would like to please you? Things that, quote unquote, would fall in the nurturing category. And so those are the primary things that society says attracts men. So any woman that comes over and just drops her AP like she's future, that shit ain't going to mean nothing. Now, that's what I think the brother was trying to say, as opposed to, right, women are attracted to assets. 
in today's society. Naturally, this is a generalization. So I'm sure there's plenty of you that feel like, no, like, that ain't all women. That I, We know. We know. We know it's not all women. However, as a generalization of society, a, a sociological observation, if you will, we have an understanding that women are attracted to assets. And y'all remind us every motherfucking day in the comments. So I really don't want to hear shit about this, honestly. Right? The common saying, as of recent, is if a man even attempts to tell you, yo, let's split the bills 50-50, that nigga is no longer your man. That's your roommate. Right? If a man can't provide a house, a car, and buy you all the things that you like, then sis, why are you wasting your time? Right? That is the common consensus. And I am glad. I will put it out here. I am glad that it seems like we're moving away from it. It feels like the conversation is maturing up again. But for a long period of time, I'm going to say from like 2018 to now, there's just been a lot of niggas trying to live like celebrities and in doing so, overlooking men because they aren't the top 1%. But I digress. That's a different conversation. On average, it, the common consensus is that women are attracted to assets. Women will even date an ugly nigga if he's making mad bread. Women will date a nigga with a little dick if he's making mad money. Like, these are the things that have commonly been placed online. And so from a sociological lens, as a generalization of society, this seems to be where we are. And so what I think the good brother was trying to say is that bragging about your assets doesn't really do anything for me. That's not going to make me jump at the chance to be with you because men in this society aren't hardwired to look at those things as attractive traits. Not to say that they are unattractive traits. Let's not get it twisted. But we're not groomed to see those things as things that are going to elevate your status amongst the competition, quote unquote, if you will. However, this is where he fucked up. His insecurity showed up. And he said, you're already out of the running or something of that nature. Where basically he made it seem like, well, if you making more money than me, if you got better assets than me, then I don't even want to date you. No, sir, that ain't it. Because if she's bad as Kim Kardashian, if Kim Kardashian came up to you today and said, hey, let's date, you're not going to tell her, oh, nah, you out the running. That's your insecurity because what just happened is now you're challenged as a provider. And if you can't, you feel like you can't provide for this young woman, 
then you feel insecure in that relationship. You don't feel like that relationship is stable and you don't feel like that relationship is going to last because there's going to be another man that can come along and do the things that you feel women want and society at this point in time is saying women want and that is for somebody else to come along and be able to provide and if you're unable to do that then you find yourself in a tough situation let me make sure that i'm not uh missing any points so i think i'm gonna play this fucking clip again play this clip one more time just to make sure we all on the same page I make very, very good money. And she says, the only thing I need now is a man. <laughs> it's like, yo, like, <laughs> it's like, who wants you? Who wants you? you you're right. right. Like, once you have achieved these things, you have unfortunately disqualified yourself. Ooh. And, and- so once you have achieved these things, you have disqualified yourself. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. All that means to me is that you haven't him. You haven't achieved these things, and so because you haven't achieved these things, she would be disqualified to you because you're insecure and you don't feel like you would be able to match what she's achieved, and you'll be feeling belittled in the relationship the entire time. But that's a mindset. That's one thing about big dick broke niggas that you'll never find. Okay? A big dick broke nigga doesn't think like that right because that big dick gives him all the confidence in the world and he's never gonna feel belittled because he knows when you stroke when he strokes you down and you running he has all the power in that situation okay now i'm not making any fucking references to this nigga's dick i don't know I saw some women say he's giving little dick energy. That's not my place. Y'all have at it. All I'm saying is that this seems to be a mindset that is coming from insecurity. Where if someone comes into your life and they have more than you as a woman, then that means that you cannot match them, which means that you cannot deal with them. Now, I have to say, That is what society is telling men. So he's not totally wrong in bringing up the subject. But let's not say that this disqualifies this young lady as if women getting assets is a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. Match my fly, then we in a good space. That's what Fab said. Fab and Neo. That's 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 what I grew up on. <laughs> like, so her being able to match your fly is not really an issue. I think where the issue comes in is when you're insecure enough to say, shit, I can't match her fly. And shit, she's bringing things to the table that I don't know what I can do with that. And if she's being able to provide for herself, a lot of men feel or feel like they can gain some power through providing. That's the only time they feel like they have some type of dominance over the relationship. And if that's where the mindset is, I feel like that's where the problem lies as well. So, good luck to that, brother. Um, I think 
and hope that there's some growing to do there. So I hope that he does grow in his ideology. Um, and I'm just going to throw it out there. Your, your man's over there ain't shit because they just let you go down that rabbit hole just to get a clip. <laughs> so you might want to. <laughs> You might want to reevaluate that shit because they definitely threw that shit out quick. And I and in this day and age, you got to you got to fucking question if that wasn't the plan in the first place. But I digress. Um, now, we have another clip on the op- opposite side of this. And I got to talk to my women. I do. After I play this clip. Let's see if I can find it. And we about to wrap up. There we go. It's basically like the number one thing for you to have sex with a woman is to be sexually attracted to her. So how y'all feel about that? Because I can't speak on it. I think it starts the conversation. Like you're going to look now because you're sexually attracted to her. But Shout sidebar, out to a lot of women podcast. took their way out of so shameless. more than they think they do. What does that even look y'all like? Don't, what does that even Put look like? Put your pussy lips on live. I give you a thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> mercy. Madame, madame, you don't have to do this. Nothing, madame. Madame, we don't have to do this anymore. Like, the same way you fucked up so long. Yeah. But, yeah, but I don't know. Like, what, what does a woman uh-huh. have to say to talk herself out of... I feel like it's just, like, plentiful and just in an abundance. Women say, like, yo, like, a dude can't shoot. Like, he can't have a conversation with me. He sounds dumb. According to what he looks like and how smart he is doesn't match. He could have hold a regular conversation with me. I asked him about this and everything is, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Women do the same exact thing back and forth. And you really sit there like, as Will said earlier, y'all would rather go beat off my So for Ladies, I got to talk to y'all real quick. I, it's, take, it's taking me a little bit of time because it pains me to have to be the one to say it. But it's true. He's not lying. He's not lying. Some of y'all definitely talk yourselves out of some dick. (laughs) And I know that is not the common consensus. I know that is not the thing that uh, we say. And that's not the thing that we quote unquote believe. Because oftentimes what we're talking about is niggas talking themselves out of pussy, right? Some nigga comes up to you. He looks good. Smell good, you know what I mean? And then he opens his mouth and it's like, damn, this nigga bugged out. I didn't know he was this dumb. Right? Ladies, y'all do the same exact shit. Okay. Sometimes y'all will come and y'all will be looking phenomenal. And y'all might turn around. Say or do some goofy ass shit. And a nigga will say to himself, you know what? I think I'm going to go home and handle this myself. I think this is a job for the, the Palm Ventures. Palmela Anderson. The Hand League of America. It's the truth. Okay, I don't I don't know what to tell y'all. I know some of y'all think that this is impossible, but it is the reality and it happens. There'll be times everything is good. And a lot of times it happens with the designated fuck buddy. Keeping it a stack. The person that y'all have established that, yo, you know, what I mean, when it's time we link up, we smash, we do what we do and it's all good. 
that sometimes we're the fuck buddy will say some shit and you no longer want to fuck. You know what? This is a bad idea. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to regret it in the morning. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this. And it's going to be a headache for the next week or two. Y'all can talk yourselves out of some debt. I hate I had to be the one to confirm it, but it, it it's real shit out here. <laughs> it really is. And finally, I actually haven't listened to this clip, so we're going to listen to this shit together. It's going to be a whole community event right now. Um, but this is in regards to how to talk to women in 2022. The clip flo- floating around um, about how there is a difference in doing that, how you should approach women in 2022. So let's take a listen. This is from See The Thing Podcast. Shout out to y'all. We fuck with y'all. We love y'all. Is trying to hit at you and it's also direct. It could be viewed as harassment if you don't want them to even talk to you. You know what worked recently? I was, at, I was at a bar recently and this guy was in the corner and he was doing like the little iPhone thing and I was trying to not look over there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what he did was he just sent me a drink and the bartender told me like it was from him. Like he asked her what I was drinking, like get her another round. Cool. And I like that. He didn't talk to me at all. And then I went over there to talk to him because he was kind of cute. You got up and went to him? I would have, I would have, I would have, I would have called him and been like, Come I would have called him over. Especially if he was fine. Girl, what you? Because he was just chill. I liked. I liked it. You feel like he he just bought you the drink. It was complimentary because you it, it didn't make you feel like you had to talk. To him. Yeah, that is exactly Whoa, how I, I believe in 2022 a man should do it. I don't feel like you should sit by me and start asking me my name, what I do, what I'm here you for. Ever had somebody send somebody? Like, oh, my boy wanted to... Man, get you. He's clearly your boy, <laughs> and he will never be my man because this is the most childish shit ever. If he don't get the fuck up... If a man is trying to hit at you and is also direct, it could be viewed as harassment if you... You know what I heard? I heard a whole lot of... I don't know what the fuck. I still am confused, ladies, as to what the fuck <laughs> the instructions and protocol is for 2022. That told me absolutely nothing. Mandy... Bridget, what the fuck? I thought I was going to get some gems here. I thought I was going to get something and be like, nah, you right. Like, so you want niggas to send a drink? Let me tell y'all something. Let me, let me, let me get into this a little bit. I came at the niggas. Now I got to, now I got to put some things into perspective. Ladies. We don't always want to invest in something that we don't know is an investment. I don't care how y'all look at it. Oh, it's a little $20 drink or a little $40 drink or a little $10 drink. It's an investment. I buy you a drink. I send it to your table. You not interested. I look like an idiot and I'm out of $20. Why do you think we want to do that? Nobody wants to do that. So I think that it was a cool little, you know what I mean? It worked out, right? She said that she went over and spoke to him because he was cute. But let's not try and set that as the new standard. That is not the new standard. That ain't, that ain't going to work. And, and some niggas might see that as harassment too. We literally, ladies, I'm telling you this right now. This is almost akin to 
talking yourselves out of some pussy. I mean, out of some dick. Men don't know how to approach y'all anymore. A lot of us don't. Okay? A lot of us do not know beyond having conversation and letting the conversation build and honestly letting y'all lead the conversation, which I know a lot of y'all don't like. But at the end of the day, we are in a very particular space where it's like if you say the wrong thing, it's not just that you said the wrong thing. The grace to say the wrong thing is not there anymore. If you say the wrong thing, you could be facing charges. I'm going to let that sit. If you say the wrong thing, you can find yourself in a position facing some type of charge. It sounds like an over-exaggeration, but it's some real shit. If you do the wrong thing, and I'm not talking about overt shit. I'm not talking about the nigga who's wilding out. That nigga deserves charges and will get them. I'm talking about these gray area situations that always favor a man going to jail or a man getting charges if a story is presented a certain type of way. And I'm not saying, again, that these stories may not be true. But sometimes miscommunications happen. And we're in a space where talking to a young lady and saying the wrong thing could lead to a miscommunication that's going to land you in some trouble. So I'm just keeping it a stack. A lot of us don't know how to approach y'all in 2022. A lot of us won't approach y'all in 2022. Being real with y'all. Unless we feel safe in the means of, yo, we all in the same friend group. And there's a door and an opportunity to communicate. That's why niggas be sending their friends. Because there's that one nigga in the crew that is smooth and think he could talk to everybody. And that's the nigga that probably don't have no fear. And they send that nigga over. Yo, go go handle that for me. Nah, I'm, I'm not agreeing with it. I do feel like, and that's why fellas also, stop trying to talk for your, your friend. Stop doing that. Especially if he ain't asked for it. The friend that tells you, yo, I think Shorty's cute, and then you go and you take the initiative to go and try and talk to shorty for him stop doing that that shit is corny and it never works i honestly i really feel like it's a motherfucking dirty mac it's a dirty mac you're doing that shit to really make him look corny because that's all it does is make the nigga that you speaking for look corny he could speak for himself and if he can't a girl is gonna look at him like nigga aren't you grown why is he talking for you if you really into me does he want to fuck me or do you want to fuck me or let me pull that back. Does he want to see where this goes or do you want to see where this goes? Okay. Like, the shit never works out. So, niggas stop doing that. But, back to the point. Niggas don't know. Niggas don't know. And it, it has nothing to do, I guess, with you ladies. But it has to do with society. And niggas be feeling like they're taking the respectful approach. And then sometimes that's deemed as not being aggressive enough. Niggas take an aggressive approach and then niggas is wilding out and it's too much. So niggas really don't know, ladies. I'm just keeping a stack. We don't know how to approach y'all in 2022. I think a lot of us just take the safest route and hope that y'all give a hint or sign that 
Y'all are actually into us. And then the floodgate opens up a little bit more. Then you start to see the flirtation and the extra stuff. Um, but other than that, I don't think I don't think we're in a space where we know. And I think that the the drink thing is cool, you know, but at the same time, that's not the standard. That's a that's a cool little thing that I guess is going to set niggas aside from other niggas. And if you it ain't tricking if you got it right. But I don't feel like that's the appropriate standard because it's, it's asking again for an investment in something that I don't know if I want to invest in. I, I just know that I'm attracted to you. We haven't even had a conversation yet, but you want me to send you a drink or buy you a drink. And I know niggas used to do that in the club. I used to do that shit in the club. I did that shit maybe three times in the club before I said, wait, this shit don't make no sense. I'm buying a chick a drink. I don't know if she likes me. She's not going to not take the drink because she wants the drink. But that don't mean that she really fuck with me. And I'm the type of nigga that I like natural shit. I want you to show me you fuck with me. Like. Cause then like if I know it's safe to fuck with you, I'm gonna fuck with you. But I ain't really trying to, to me, it, it it's like soliciting. It's like I'm trying to solicit pussy. It don't feel good. It don't feel right to be like, Oh, I'm gonna send this chick a drink. And based off of that, I hope she fuck with me. Nah, I want to fuck with you based off a of conversation. Can we talk? Tevin Campbell. Can we talk? You know what I mean? Like, do we vibe off the talk? If we don't vibe off the talk, then we ain't going to vibe off the drink. <sighs> what would dad say? About to wrap this show up. Get the fuck up out of here. Another episode of dad has some bow ties. I am sure the good brother, the singers will be back next week. And we'll be having guests soon. But what would dad say? Dad would say, believe in your brand. And you have to take care of your brand. And that may mean sometimes you the only motherfucker taking care of your brand. But it's no one else's responsibility. But you. You're responsible for the thing that you created. And I know a lot of times we, we, we presume that others need to be responsible too. Or others will take responsibility and sometimes that leads us to be disappointed when we don't get the support that we want or need. Sometimes that leads us to feel like, damn, we put on this show and we put on all this effort, but nobody came out or nobody supported. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's just about you sitting with you and believing in your own shit and taking the mantles and doing what you got to do to make sure your shit is operating how you want it to operate. Another episode of Dad has in bow ties. Peace. <laughs>